0: Hi everyone. This is Kevin Smith and Brian Belter. And Brian, we have some very special guests today. We certainly do. Mary the podcaster.
1: <laughs> if you've been following along with us uh, and checking out some of the comments made on the Holy Cross website, you're gonna you're gonna recognize this lady. She's a, a dedicated listener, and we're really glad to have her here. So, without further ado, Miss Mary Canfield, how are you today,
2: man? I'm fine. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm, we're really glad that you're here with us and. Uh, As a special treat today, uh, we're going to have Mary read our scripture from uh, Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 15.
2: On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak to you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live." When the trumpet sounds, a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman.
0: Thank you for that reading, Mary. And so now we have finally arrived at Mount Sinai. So we'll be kind of moving into some pretty well-worn territory. But before we do that, I'm not as familiar with these particular passages uh, you know the Lord sort of preparing them for him descending upon
1: Mount Sinai it was really interesting hearing Mary read those yeah this does uh, we know that a lot of things happen at Mount Sinai um, and we're going to get into those things in the next couple of days some very powerful stories of law and covenant but right now like Kevin said we're in the preparation stage God has got some stipulations he's got some things that that need to be done that people need to be Ready. They need to be consecrated. There's a couple of uh, rules to obey in order for this uh, this great covenant uh, to begin here. So uh, I like how uh, we always get these setups that when the Lord is preparing to deliver something to His people or to give them news, protection, a sign, it's always preceded by Him telling them what's coming before it happens. And I think that's just uh, a really interesting way to do it throughout this whole Exodus journey that we've seen, that that kind of seems to be the pattern, that he's going to tell them what's coming and tell them what they need to do and what they don't need to do, and then that's where we kind of sometimes get into some sticky situations.
2: <laughs> and I also find it interesting that he always reminds them what he's already done. Mm-hmm. He always tells them, okay, this is who I am and this is what I've done now, and then goes into the, goes into the rest.
1: Yeah, it does seem, it, that is interesting, Mary, that even though these people were there for the whole thing, you mm. know, they've been with this God through this journey already, he does seem to, that he needs to remind them of these amazing things that have already happened. It's like, I know this was only, you know, a month or so ago, but remember <laughs> what I just did to the Egyptians at the Red Sea? Like, I I, I think they should remember. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, and,
0: uh, I think it was kind of nice, Mary, you mentioned something off mic uh, about some symbolism uh, in the lines that you know, you remember what we, I did to the Egyptians, mm-hmm. and how I bore you out of Egypt on eagles' wings, mm-hmm. and uh, what was it you were saying about eagles' wings?
2: Well, that that eagles are the only bird that carry their young on their wings because they're the only uh, they're the only bird that can fly higher than all the other birds. Their their children are not endangered of being attacked or taken uh, because none no other bird can fly as high.
0: And that just struck me as some excellent symbolism. I mean, these people are under the care of God during their flight from Egypt, and what worry did they have? I mean, you saw how he took care of them in both as a protector and provider during that time, and I just thought that was some really neat symbolism that you came up with.
2: But you got to wonder if they understood it, you know? I mean, God doesn't say anything without meaning, so you have to wonder if they were like, oh, okay, we get that, we're... We're higher. We're we're so high we can't be attacked. It, was,
1: it wasn't obvious to me. I mean, I did not know that fact until Mary uh, enlightened us with that off mic uh, during our pre pre discussion here. And we even had that song, you know, on Eagles Wings. It never occurred true. to me that that That's... is why it's so significant that that our Lord carries us in a different way mm-hmm. than any other supposed God carries His people. Absolutely. We're carried on. Like on eagle's wings, we're carried on the on, on the wings and not in the talons. We're above the fray. We're out of fear. There's nothing that can get to us when we are carried on God's wings. Man, that is deep stuff. Thank you, Mary, yeah, for bringing that.
2: It's uh, a softer next, flight, too. The next time we sing
1: that, <laughs> we sing that song, I'm going to have a whole new appreciation for that
2: symbolism. It did for me, because I've never liked that song. <laughs> but I read that and I thought... Oh, okay, I stand corrected now, so yeah it it made me appreciate it more That's an excellent
1: point, so what exactly are we getting prepared for here? We know that uh that God wants the people to consecrate themselves so what what are we actually preparing for? It mentions it here that the Lord's going to descend upon Sinai and be you know among the people, and so I guess they they need to get ready they need to uh literally clean themselves up, uh, wash themselves, wash their garments, and then, what's it say, and do not go near a woman, I, I guess that means... You know, some some
0: heavier stuff is going on right now than your own personal enjoyments in life. Get, get ready for the descension of the Lord onto Mount Sinai. And there are some stipulations involved in that as well. I mean, the people are not to touch the mountain
1: while he is upon it. Or any animals or beasts, they're... Not supposed like their livestock are not supposed to go near it either, right? So I mean, there's, they're building up that fence, that hedge around this, uh, I guess, this holy spot that is about to become.
2: Mm-hmm. Because God's about to speak to them, they have to prepare themselves to even hear God speak, which that that's pretty overwhelming. His word is so powerful, but that everything it, that He touches is um, is holy.
0: Yeah, I particularly like the line, uh, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when mm-hmm. I speak to you, and may also believe you forever. So it's also, I mean, obviously there have been signs that Moses has performed, saying these are from God. God is instructing me. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, God is hes also saying, maybe there might be a couple of these folks who... Aren't entirely certain that you yourself are performing these acts rather than me, and now God Himself is going to speak to the people and say, "I've been behind it the entire time." uh, In case any of you have had any doubts,
1: it's a great observation, Kevin. Because we've, like you just said, we've seen, Mm. we've seen and heard God speak to Moses, but the people are now going to be able to witness that. I guess that's one of those things. we doubt until we see or hear I mean Moses is a great man and
0: I'm certain that there are people who were probably amongst the Israelites who might have been saying to themselves we need to worship this man Mm -hmm. and the things he has done for us and he's simply being modest saying that his power is coming from God so I don't know that's we don't know the hearts and minds specifically but I feel like that would probably happen
1: Absolutely, when there's that many people uh, involved (laughs) of course there's going to be all different types of of ways of looking at this whether they just think moses is the great deliverer that brought them out of the land of egypt but now now there's going to be proof positive that they're going to actually hear god speak to moses and know whoa this is where it's coming from if there was any doubt at all in our heart now we are going to know Mm -hmm. and it says what believe forever that's Mm -hmm. uh that's that's pretty intense
2: that tells you it's going to be quite a, quite a journey, because <laughs> forever is a long time, and he's an old man.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. It kind of gives me a little peace of mind, too. I think that we all we all concern ourselves with the state of the church quite frequently. I think I heard someone say something to the effect of, the church is only ever one generation away from going away if we aren't mindfully spreading the gospel and bringing in new generations. But, I mean, God says pretty plainly right here, believe forever. And it gives a peace of mind that, you know, God is working through us to ensure, you know, we believe forever
1: and that new generations do come into the fold. We were also um, talking a bit earlier here about the number of days that they're trying, that they oh, need yeah, for yeah. Uh, preparation and oh, yeah. the significance that we found. It says uh, that it's going to be on the third day that the Lord is going to come. <sighs> I think that uh, <laughs> definitely harkens to uh, mm-hmm. some New Testament, uh, some New Testament gospel things, especially during this season of Lent. We're leading right up to Easter, and we know how important the third day is, <laughs> you know, for our salvation and what happened on that day. And that's what we do between good friday and and Easter morning as we we're we're waiting we're preparing we're consecrating our hearts and minds and waiting for christ to uh, to rise on that third day i don 't think it's just coincidence that mm-hmm. that's the the same amount of time that that the Lord lays out here in Exodus for the people to prepare themselves for his coming
2: it's the first great reveal you know that they've they've heard about him, they've seen the cloud, they've seen the light, but they haven't seen or heard from him personally. And now this is like the third day reveal.
0: The big one. The big one. <laughs> the, yeah. The,
2: very big one.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's not Jesus didn't leave the disciples unprepared for his return on the mm-hmm. third day. Whether they truly believed it would happen or not, he mm-hmm. gave them instructions as well. Oh, he told saying, them. He told them, "I will ret- he will return." And he said the, the third day. day he said it. And another New Testament connection uh is leads to the consecration itself. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that we or they mentioned that anyone who touches the base of the mountain uh, needs to be killed via stoning or arrow but no one is to lay a hand on them mm-hmm. because once you're consecrated you're you can't dirty yourself with such things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess killing someone with your hands is a good way to I guess have to start the process all over again if you've already been clean and consecrated, and that leads kind of to that that New Testament reference
2: where the uh, f- where the Pharisees withdrew so that they would not defile themselves before Passover when Jesus was crucified.
1: Yeah, they just kind of I guess they kept their hands off of the the whole crucifixion scene because I mean, as we remember, mm. you know, the the Lord's Supper was the Passover feast, uh. and so we're in that period of time over the Easter. Period there than the the chief priest that wouldn 't want to defile themselves during that that very holiest of times, so huh. keep your hands off and out of the crucifixion, and hey, even Pilate does that whole scene of he wa- he washes he his, hands, his hands cleanses i mean I know he 's not a uh, a Jew or a practitioner, but it still is symbolic that he one, no blood on his hands for this.
2: Yeah, you would you would think that if they approached the mountain, they would instantly die anyway. But apparently, that is not the way God wanted it handled. Yeah, He
1: wanted the the elders and the the people in charge there of mm-hmm. the Israelites to to stone or to shoot these folks with arrows to put them to death. It's very and interesting. So it, this consecration is a very serious, big big deal. Well, and hopefully, it didn't happen anyway. I I don't believe that we see any reference. Mm-hmm. That yeah, it doesn't text. tell us specifically that somebody did get killed, but. Mm-hmm. It does show the weight and the importance of it. Although, um, we are kind of leading into tomorrow's talk. Because tomorrow, uh, the Lord does descend upon the mountain, and uh, we'll get to see what happens.
0: Well, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. I want to definitely thank Mary for joining yes, us today. Yes, thank you so much, Mary. Oh,
2: well, thank you for having me. It was, it was nice to have you on the, the actual fun.
0: podcast, uh, <laughs> instead of just in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> But during this time, we also want to remind you that uh, we have some services during the Lenten season. On Wednesdays, we have a service at 11 o'clock in the morning and one at 7 o'clock at night.
2: And don't forget about the 5.45 dinner. We're having soup and salad this Wednesday. And never forget
1: all those oh, dinners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also remember during this Lenten season, we do continue to have our uh, weekend services as usual uh, every Saturday evening at 5 p.m., and every Sunday morning
0: at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., with an instructional hour in between for Bible study and Sunday school.
1: And as we close today, uh, we'd like to ask you to join us in a short prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us all
0: together to once again have a wonderful discussion about your word and the story of the Israelites as they move their way through Exodus. Today we discover the Israelites reaching a very pivotal moment in their journey through the wilderness as they lay the foundation for you delivering unto them your ten commandments and covenant and we see parallels that make us think of New Testament lessons we see symbolism in the way that you describe carrying them out of Egypt on eagle's wings and arriving on the third day on Mount Sinai it just brings home how wonderful this lesson period has been for me and I hope for all listening and everyone who's been involved. Thank you once more for bringing us together to have these discussions, Lord. And in your name we pray.
1: Amen. 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 And thank you for joining us today. And just a reminder, all scripture readings and references do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Have a uh, godly blessed day.